welcome back, everyone. We are ready for the exciting conclusion exciting. of Intimacy Part 2 or Sex Part 2, depending mm -hmm. on how you want to say it. <laughs> and so we landed off in the last one about traction, a little bit about understanding that we're different, yeah. how we think. And today we're going to talk about actual sex and intimacy, do's, don'ts, kind of things to help make it very successful and, and intimate. Uh, we'll start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Yep. Uh, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read it from the New King James, and then I'll do one quick reference to verse 3 in the New Living. So it's a little lengthy, so bear with me. Now concerning the things of which you wrote me, which is interesting. That means Paul was getting questions about sex. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, all, well, all the way back then. So here we go. We're still talking about it. <laughs> it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have exclusive authority over her own body, but the husband does have rights too. He does have rights to her body. And likewise, the husband does not have exclusive authority over his own body, but his wife does have rights to his body as well. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then come together again so that Satan does not tempt you and because of your lack of self-control. Verse 3 from the New Living says that a husband should, should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. And again, that's the same passage just in the New Living. So I wanted to bring both the New King James and the New Living because they bring two really powerful thoughts out that I wanted to kind of start off today. In the New Living... It says that a husband has sexual needs, mm -hmm. biblically. Yeah. It's there in and the scripture. And so does the wife. And it says the wife has yeah. sexual needs. She may not say that. It may not be talked about a lot, but both of you have, because your creator, not your designer, has needs. Doesn't say want, doesn't say, you know, just a preference or something. It's a need. Like we've talked about in the past, like a plant needs water, needs soil, needs sunlight. And God put it there. And God the way he designed us, there is a need for intimacy, a need for this, mm -hmm. this reality of sex in a marriage. In yes. a husband-wife marriage, it brings health. It's part of health. And so we just wanted to say that very clearly. She has a sexual need. He has a sexual need. You can't pass it off on him like he's all sex or she's not sex. You both have a need, and it's a need. The second thing, and the reason I brought out the New King James, was it said, let the husband, in verse 3, Render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. That's why the New Living changed the word affection to sex, but the New King James says it's sex, so it kind of brings the two together. And I love the idea that it, say, it says, let the husband render affection, because that's part of attraction. It's part of what creates a healthy environment for sex. If a husband or a wife are not rendering affection, the non-sexual touch, the words of encouragement, the five love languages, the affection do her, then it's, it's, it's not fulfilling the intimacy that God intended. That's why it's not okay just to be like, let's just jump in bed. Let's just go right. have sex, right? right? It, there's more to it than that. There is this journey. There is this pursuit of each other. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, you both have needs. And there's also this idea of sharing affection that is do one another, 
Um, it's also why it's hard. I remember some conversations I've had where uh, there's an abusive husband or there's a, an alcoholic husband and he's very rough to be around and then, but he still wants sex. And it's like, he doesn't realize why does she not want to have sex with me? Well, because you haven't given her the affection due her. And there's a, there's a fear involved in that. There's a broken relationship there and all that. I will say this. You just made a comment. It's not good. Good to just go say, go jump in bed or whatever. But if the affection has been rendered, then it's quite easy to get there. Very good. Yeah. If you, that's why we talked about those non-sexual touch, mm -hmm. fulfilling each other's there may be moments. Languages, yeah, love <laughs> where languages. It's like, where yeah. it's quick like that. Yeah, and, and you have to. And we'll get into some of that when you have little kids and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Um, but there's, there's a, that's why it's all like emotional, putting money in the emotional bank of each other throughout. Yeah. It's not a waste of time ever. So that's where, again, right there, non-sexual touch is so important. Um, and the affection do her. So let's talk about sex in a couple avenues biblically. There is sex to reproduce. Mm-hmm. There is sex to be intimate mm -hmm. for oneness and closeness. Um, other, other things that you might not realize that sex involves is sometimes sex needs to be scheduled. On the calendar. Put it on the calendar. And yes, we'll talk about spontaneous sex, which is what you were talking about a mm -hmm. second ago. And so we won't talk about all that. But the reason I wrote it down, sex to reproduce, is some individuals have the belief that biblically we were only given the ability to have sex so that you could make babies. But that's not what First Corinthians is talking about. Right. It's talking about closeness, it's talking right. about oneness. And God doesn't take away the sex need or the sex ability or, or once drives. Once you're done having kids. Once you're done having kids. It's not like, right. hey, we had kids, your job is done, we should never touch again. That was one of the functions of sex. But another one has to do with intimacy, which is about your whole life and your whole journey, uh, that closeness. Um, but sex to be scheduled and spontaneous sex. Talk about that for a minute. Scheduled sex. Why would you have to schedule sex? Sometimes? Because life is crazy and life is busy. And so if you want to, like the illustration that we talked about with the plant earlier in one of the earlier episodes, if you want to give your marriage what it needs in order to, for it to thrive, it has to be a priority. And when you have lots of plants in your life that need lots of priorities yeah, in order to make it happen, you have to be intentional. And sometimes to be intentional, it has to go on the calendar. So scheduled sex. Well, that's not like the movies where it's all romantic. Like I look at you, you look at me, I'm like, hey there, and you're like, hey there, you know, and then we just like have this passion yeah, at night. Yeah, but the movies aren't like real life, so you can't compare both of them, and just like... And they have a whole team of people making it that way. Yeah, way. making it look good. <laughs> One of the lines that you have here is you have to keep a sense of humor yeah, with sex, absolutely. right? Because it's never as suave, suave. and debonair I mean, as the movies, and it takes how many takes for them to I like... I don't know. I don't know, but anyway. But scheduled sex, yeah, if you would have told me when I was in college, before we got married or high school or whatever... And you would have said that you would be too busy to have sex. <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. Like, I would have been like, that sounds, I will never be too busy. And the truth is, yeah, with Light, well, kids and jobs There's so and many things. yeah, everything you're committed to, you have to make priority. Well, and it's just like earlier episodes that we had, we were talking, we had the illustration with the plants, right? And you have the plant representing your marriage and it needs certain things to survive. So you have to be intentional about making sure it gets that. Well, when you add multiple plants to your life, like kids and work and church and all those things, all of those things need attention. Sometimes the only way to make sure you get it is to put it on the calendar and to schedule that. And don't, don't disdain that. Like, well, it's not, 
it's not romantic enough. Like that may be all you have. Well, in little seasons of life, like there's many times when the kids are little and you lock the door and you sneak away. That's spontaneous. I would say (laughs) probably spontaneous. Yeah. It's like, we got five minutes. We got to go now. (laughs) Like, yeah. I mean, any parent I think who has kids in the house knows there are times where it's like, you just, you need to be together. You just need to be together. And if you're waiting for this big night of romance. For the stars to align. For the stars to align. You will not be together. And so don't deny those those opportunities, those spontaneous moments that you just got to be together as fast as possible and be close. Um, and don't just, don't look down on it. It's important. But don't let that be the only type of sex you have as a, as a couple. Yeah. That it is important to plan the evening and to, to spend Date quality nights. time. Yeah. And those, so it's all important. It's not one or the other. But it's it's all and so. But yes, we need to keep a sense of humor uh, when it comes to sex because sex can be clumsy. Um, it's it's not like the movies where I mean, there's times you go to kiss your wife and you bonk noses or who knows what, right? You it's all kinds of crazy you, things. Yeah, can you happen. just don't look perfect, right? You, just, you don't act perfect. You don't. And, but that's the safety of a beautiful marriage. You want your marriage bed or your sexual intimacy. You want it to be a safe place. You don't want your spouse to feel embarrassed. I mean, that's the worst thing. Like you don't want them to to hide in their sexual, you know, pursuit of each other and, and in yeah. your intimacy. Um, but that's why you don't compare it to movies. Right. That's why you don't watch those movies. Right. Because it's a standard that you can't meet and you won't be able to satisfy. And you you have two human beings who love each other that are gonna learn their each other's ways and you know, things that they appreciate and how they feel close. And it needs to be a safe place and it needs to be a place that there's no judgment and there's no comparison, you know, in that. And safe because you don't share, you don't tell anybody else about it. You don't share your sex life or whatever with anybody else. It stays just between the two of you. It doesn't belong in any other conversation. It's just for you and between you and your spouse. Yeah, I wrote in our notes for today, you know, no bragging. You don't want your spouse to feel like your private intimate moments are out in the world, no bragging, mm-hmm. no complaining or making fun. Man, man, humiliating, saying something belittling, even in jest about their appearance, about the way they are in bed. I mean, man, you want people to feel so loved, so intimate, so safe, you know, in your intimacy. And, and that's part of you cultivating, you know, your your sexual life, your marriage bed is yours alone. Uh, your spouse, your spouse should feel celebrated and loved. Yeah, you know, in that. So, why is romance so much work? Mm. Well, let's think about it again. God is the originator of marriage. God is the one that created the way a woman is and thinks, yeah. and created the way a man is and thinks. And again, neither are wrong, neither are broken. But I believe the all-powerful, all-knowing God designed it in His wisdom on purpose. A husband's drive for sex was meant to motivate him to do the work, to pursue, cleave, and go through some effort, and in doing so, develop an appreciation and build a relationship of intimacy with their wife. So that initial spark, that internal like drive for sex with your spouse, it was meant to, to motivate you to pursue, to cleave, as the Bible would say. And it's the, 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 the feeling and desire for sex wasn't just to have sex. It wasn't just to get sex. It was actually God gave the drive and gave her the way she was made, 
to where she has certain things. As well as the female sex drive as well. I mean, what do you mean? Well, women have a sex drive too. So yes, it may take a while to for romance and we may process things differently, um, but men are not the only ones with a sex drive. Absolutely. But in this particular conversation, that drive in the male, and yes, the woman has a sex drive as well, um, but I'm, let me refer to the guys who might just have that linear mindset. Like, mm -hmm. I want sex. Let's have sex. I don't get it. Why is this so hard? Why is romance required, right? That, that progressive journey to help your spouse get to a place where they feel ready to be intimate and open, that the drive for sex was meant to motivate you to do the work. Right. To have the conversation that you maybe weren't interested in having, that you were too busy, but now this awakening of an internal drive is turned on and you're like, I need to take her out. We need to talk, you know, and go through her process, whatever that process is. Her, let me say it this way. Her process is not a burden to you and it's not, a, it's not against the sex that you're hoping to have. It's right. actually causing you to find the intimacy that you maybe don't realize that you need it along the way. Yeah. If you just went from sex want to sex satisfaction with none of that journey, that journey of you making, let's say it's for you, making me talk, right? Yeah. Making me hold your hand, making me buy some flowers, making me go out on a date, making me get dressed up, making me grow as a human being and, and find, you know, other levels of intimacy. And just, you weren't making me, but by you helping me walk through that journey, it became more than an orgasm, right? Mm -hmm. It became sex is not just about an orgasm, right? Right. If that was the case, then you wouldn't need a partner because you don't need a partner for an orgasm. Let's just be real, right? But the fact that God has designed you different and me different, it is desi he's designed us in such a way that that journey towards sex and fulfillment in sex was meant to create a lot more yeah. than just a physical orgasm and physical moment. But we're not animals. We're not animals. We're meant, and this is all about intimacy. God knows how we're made. And oneness. And God, it's about our oneness. And God designed it on purpose this way. So all of these things are not hurdles, barriers, you know, just hoops she's making you jump through. It's God. It's God's design to make it more than an orgasm, to make it more than just a fleeting second, but something that will build a life on, something that builds a relationship on and a closeness to. Do you have any thoughts no, on that? No, I think that's beautiful. I think it's just about shifting our mindset and changing our thought process, changing the way we once looked at something and saw something to now God's design. And then once you shift your mindset, you begin to appreciate the things that are there rather than despise them. Exactly. And that's so it's part of the conversation is, I'm so glad that you've had some pop-ups to close or that you've encouraged me to learn how to talk, you know, and yeah. you know, cuddle a bit or watch a, a movie that's a little sappy, you know, or something like, like those are things that have built memories over the years, right? And it's built our relationship over the years. They were not, they were not against what I actually wanted. I, that's what I'm saying. It I actually, part of I, it. Yeah. yeah, it's not against what you want. It's actually, God is giving you what you really want. In, in his design. That's good. So we have some things for the ladies uh, you wanted to share uh, in the notes today. Yeah, I always like to take a minute and just talk to the girls um, because just as much as there's certain mindsets with the guys, there's some encouragement that, and not everybody, but in, you know, some ladies, these are just some warnings, not to weaponize or use sex as a punishment. Um, 
or the withholding of yeah using sex as a withholding sex as a punishment um sometimes because we're angry or because we're frustrated or we're upset with our spouse to withhold sex we think haha i'll teach him but in reality you're withholding you're pulling back an intimacy and you're allowing there to be a fracture there which in reality, we don't realize it at the time. We do that out of fear or wanting to control or wanting to change our spouse. But you can't expect the change or the harvest that you're desiring in that moment by sowing acts of um, anger, frustration, separation is not going to bring you the intimacy and oneness that you're hoping for. So those right. actions cannot reap the harvest that you're hoping. So using sex as like this tool of if you do what I want, then you can have sex. If you don't do what I want, I'm going to withhold that. And it's this weapon. It's not going to create that beautiful intimacy and trust in your marriage that you're desiring. You withholding um, is not a seed that you want to sow into your marriage and it's not going to bring what you're looking for. Withholding it only creates more anger, hurt, rejection, and a feeling of not being in a safe place for your yeah. spouse. Um, and sex not being a safe thing. It's something that can be ripped away or it's just not, not appropriate. Sex is important and it should be prioritized and how, um, we've talked about this before. How do you handle other priorities? You make space for these things. Ladies, a lot of times we think, gosh, I've got so much to do. I've got so much on my plate. How can I fit it in? Well, I have so many other things on my plate because they've become priorities and anything that's a priority in my life, I'll drop everything else and make that first place. And we oftentimes think, um, okay, the kids or work or even how Housework is the main priority. And so then we put that in and think sex isn't that important. But we have to make sure that we understand that it really is that important. It's investing into that marriage, that plant that has to thrive. Um, it's not a waste of time. And the wrong thought is that I don't need sex or it's just for him. We've already talked about that. But realizing um, that both of us need that and the intimacy and the oneness that God's designed that way we, we both need that intimacy. Absolutely. And here's some other warnings that I would speak to the men or women that might be dealing with them. Because again, you're sewing into your intimacy, you're sewing into a safe space in the bedroom or, you know, your sex intimacy. Um, real quick, just some warnings, just some do's and don'ts, right? Mostly don'ts at this point. If you're looking at pornography, stop. Yeah. Because you're feeding those unrealistic expectations, you're comparing, you know, um, and pornography is not going to help you have better sex. No. You know, we've had couples who said, well, we look at pornography to get excited about each other. The devil is a liar. I'm just going to say that right now. Yes. That is not creating the intimacy that you, that God is desiring. Again, it's not about an orgasm. It's no. not about just ha getting it done. It's about attraction. It's about intimacy. Sex is a part of that. So bringing pornography into your marriage at all is not helping or enhancing No, but it opens marriage. a door to the enemy into mm -hmm. your marriage too. So why would you open right. the door for the enemy to come in, inviting him in? Again, you're sowing the wrong seed to get the result that you want. You will not get the result that you want yeah. by bringing that in. And it's also spirit. You're adding, a, you're adding a, 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 a wicked spirit into your bedroom, into your home. And that is never going to serve no, you as a, as a couple, as an individual. So whether you're looking at pornography as a couple and your definition of pornography, look, it's anything that arouses, right? It's yeah. like, it's not just like 
dirty magazines or pornography on the internet. Like it could be movies. It could be novels. Yeah. Right. Fantasy novels. Yeah. And it's not just men looking at women. Women have, have, can look at pornography as well. And then even romantic novels right. and things like that to stir up those same feelings. And satisfy yourself outside of Absolutely. your marriage. Absolutely. All of that stuff. And that, that is part of that rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her breast satisfy you. Only go to your marriage bed for pleasure. If you, and that also adds to attraction. Like, if you keep feasting your eyes on all these other things, then you're not going to be hungry for your spouse. Right. And but then it's going to take more because right. it, it never just satisfied was that little bit. Right. So it's right. like, you're going to have to go further the next time and further and further and further and further until it destroys yeah. because sin comes. And I would go hand in hand with pornography is if you're masturbating, stop. Yeah. And that's for men and, and women, women. Mm-hmm. and women. Again, if you're, it's not about an orgasm, it's about intimacy um, and you're not feeding your marriage, you're taking away from it. And what's happening is when you satisfy that sexual orgasm and pleasure, then that drive, like I said, that drive was given to you to pursue your spouse, Yes. to go through the motions, to go through the journey, to awaken intimacy inside of them. And it's, again, if you just think it's about, I want sex, I satisfied myself, then you're missing it. You're missing out on a whole beautiful relationship that God would have for you. And you're stealing from your own marriage. You're stealing from your own happiness. You're stealing from your own intimacy and your spouse. You're stealing from them because they deserve you. They deserve your attraction. They deserve, that's what God commanded. And you won't be wanting to fulfill their desire because you're just focusing on fulfilling your desire. So breaking the model, right? Uh, and I would include in that, stop social, watching YouTube, social media, social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook photos, any sexualization or romance novels, all those things that would just steal. Get, get sexual things out of your marriage other than you and your spouse. Do not allow any of that. It's not a game. And if that means get rid of your social media account, get rid of the account. Like if you can't be trusted or if it keeps coming up, like... Get rid of it. Your marriage is more important than your followers yes, <laughs> and than your yes. your media pleasure. Yeah. Um, but how bad do you want to get? How marriage? bad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's important. Stop satisfying yourself outside of your spouse. Begin to find the good in them, praising them. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Sowing seeds of romance, kindness towards them. You'll be surprised how attracted you become when you're not satisfying yourself outside in all these other images and expressions. Uh, another quick like warning, you don't need to role play. And you're like, I can't believe a pastor is talking about this stuff. <laughs> I can't believe it either, but this is our assignment. Yeah, this is what's happening. <laughs> We're talking about it. But it's true. Like people get into all kinds of weird stuff because they've opened the door in their hearts to all these things to get satis- to be satisfied. And the truth is that whole thing about role playing is like your spouse doesn't need to be to pretend that there's somebody else in order for you to be attracted to them. Right. They are enough. Right. You know, and 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 they will always be enough if you let them be enough. I mean, I can look cute and sexy yeah. and, yeah, and be absolutely. very attractive. I'm thankful that Victoria shared some of her secrets. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad thing. But you don't need to be somebody else. Right. In our intimacy. I don't want to be intimate with a pretend version of you. You know, you don't need your spouse to be a pretend version. Amen. Um Sex should be enjoyable and fun, uh, so it's something you both should look forward to. It should not be a duty or an obligation kind of thing. Yes, sometimes you just need to get together, mm-hmm. but there should be a sense of fun and looking forward to it. And so if one spouse feels like it's just a 
a duty, just like, fine, I know you need this. Yeah. Like that just takes the fun out of it. That yeah, just takes it kills the, it. and it's not what God designed. No, and that's not real intimacy either. You know, that's begrudgingly at the same time. Uh, we, we would say this, um, make sure that neither of you violate your conscience when it comes to your sexual intimacy. Um, play, enjoy, you know, each other, one another. Um, I, all different couples are different and they have different things and stuff, but the Holy Spirit is still inside yeah, of you. He's your conscience. He's your conscience in your heart. And I think the Holy Spirit, if he's something feels if this isn't right, then yeah. just don't do be it. done with it. Just be done with it. You don't make a big deal about it. You don't need to like feel like you made a huge mistake or anything, but just let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Cause sometimes we get into situations where because of people's history, background, things they saw they it, when they were growing up or they have opened their hearts up to or mind triggers. up to, triggers, they do things or try things that are just not in the right zone for you or shouldn't be in your your marriage. Your marriage. And just do not push through the conviction of the Holy Spirit mm. when it comes to intimacy. Both parties should feel absolutely free and loved and safe. And they shouldn't violate their conscience. They're what the Holy Spirit would be uh, speaking to them. Yeah. And God's ways of taking care of each other is absolutely going to be the most fulfilling ways. So in closing, we have a couple of comments that we just wanted to touch base on as well. I'll let you. Yeah, yeah you'll let me. Yeah, I'll Thanks. let you. Yeah, this, <laughs> again, this is an interesting conversation. Again, everything comes for a reason. The reason yeah. we bring these things up is because we've had so much experience with couples and conversations over the years. Uh, but it's important. I, I do think saying this is important. Um, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 7, 3, um, that, husband should love, that a husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and a wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. God designed both men and women to be able to have orgasms, to be able to enjoy and feel fulfilled in, in their sexual intimacy. And it's important to make sure that both of you are satisfied by the end of your intimacy, uh, not just one. Right. And um, that conversation comes from just couples where um, the, the, the wife in this situation seems like men are easier to find that fulfillment. Um, just the husband didn't know how to help her get there in that place. Um, and she just kind of believed in her heart, you know, well, you know, I guess I'll never have an orgasm. I guess sex will never be a good feeling. I'll just take care of him. And it just really, she settled in to something she didn't have to. Um, there's um, some beautiful books, Christian books you can, that can might serve you on how a woman's body works or how intimacy is pleasurable for both parties. One that we've used in the past is The Act of Marriage by Tim and Beverly LaHaye. Yeah. And it's very helpful in, in understanding, because look, if, if you don't know how a woman's body works, you may not know how to help her as a husband, but it is your responsibility to help her. And it's not sometimes just the simplistic act that you think it is. There may be a little bit of effort or, or work involved, but it's important because you care about her that you don't just get satisfied, but you make sure that she is satisfied as well. It's enjoyable for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. So today we hope it was a conversation that brings a lot of um, hopefully intimacy, real intimacy, yeah, genuine intimacy, yeah. holy intimacy and clean intimacy, um, but something that we encourage you. God meant for marriage to not just be about having kids, but to help satisfy your oneness and keep your oneness close year after year, year after year. And, you know, you hear stories and you're hearing more and more that people are, are active all the way into their 80s, <laughs> all the way into further and beyond. <laughs> so we, it's, it's great to get started even now, having just a healthy vision, version, 
and relationship when it comes to intimacy. So I think after this podcast, we give all of our married couples an assignment to go be doers of the go word, be doers of right? The word. And to practice the message <laughs> and to Absolutely. go home and even focus on their oneness and their intimacy. Yeah. And just to bring that back, if it's not been present, um, but to re- realize the value of it, yeah. to realize the value of the pursuit to understand one another and how we think differently and to not, and to allow ourselves to go on that journey to close the pop-ups if they're there. Yeah. Um, but That's just to, yeah, just to enjoy the journey of intimacy, of sexuality, of how God designed us, bringing us into unity, into oneness. Yeah. Um, and it only enhances our union. It is, a, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful God created thing. Amen. Well, thank you for watching and we'll catch you on our next podcast.